The Facebook Murders Chapter 1 Dried Meatballs One dead, two dead, three dead, and four. Twenty dead, forty dead, and I want to slaughter more. Roy just logged off the internet the morning of Friday, October 13, 2011. The time was about 3.30 in the morning when he decided to fix himself a bowl of Fruit Loops with soy milk. Roy had self-diagnosed himself eight years earlier with this awful disease after bouts of diarrhea and heavy gas. Roy would indulge in ice cream, 2% milk, and generic Oreos called Twist and Shout on Friday nights. Roy worked for Franciscan Home Care, and each Friday he would crave dairy products. After a couple of Saturdays, he had to call off work because he had to sit on the toilet for at least 45 minutes to an hour in the wee hours of the morning. Sitting on the toilet this long made him late, getting to his clients to help them get out of bed, bathe them, cook them breakfast, etc., Roy secretly hated this job and the hours, although he loved interacting with people. But he hated working on the weekends, holidays, and in the early mornings. As Roy started to wipe his behind for the first, fourth time, he heard a noise coming from the living room. Roy lived in an department apartment, and everything is in one room just blocked off with curtains to make it feel like he had separate rooms. He opened the curtain to the bathroom, screamed in pain, and saw his thumb and finger hit the floor. He pulled the curtain closed and fought to attack her off with the other hand. The attacker had a butcher knife and and was trying to slash through the curtains. But Roy had an antique set of drapes from his grandmother's house that were made in the 50s. These curtains were draped across the bathroom door. These drapes were thick and sturdy. For some reason, a thin strip of metal was put in between each layer of the drapes. He grabbed the drapes as protection. As he grabbed, he was pierced. He started to scream louder. And the attacker became paranoid and ran off. Roy lived at the apartment on the end beside the neighbor that could have heard him. But the neighbor was out of town, visiting his estranged wife and kids. Roy sat on the toilet, holding the curtain tightly for about 20 minutes after the attacker ran. With his thumb and index finger bleeding profusely, Roy got off of the toilet went into the bedroom and dialed 911 as he told the operator that he was just attacked in his house and he had no idea who the person was. Someone threw a brick through his bathroom window and hit him on the side of the face. The phone dropped and things became silent. The operator kept saying, Hello? Hello? Until the officers arrived at the scene. When the officers arrived, they saw a man lying on the floor with his head in a pool of blood. Toilet paper with brown clumps on it hanging out of his behind. 
Roy was moaning and groaning. So much that the officers could not hear themselves talk. The officers noticed that he had his right index finger and thumb cut off. They looked at each other and said simultaneously, Another Facebook murder. Roar was in so much pain, but he was far from death, unlike the officers thought. He was one of the lucky few that escaped with his life. Over the past two years, there have been over 100 murders, and every corpse had an affiliation with Facebook. The crime scene investigators were not even close to finding the killer or killers. They had no motive, and there was not a certain profile of the dead. Among the dead were blacks, whites, Asians, Indians, Middle Easterners, etc. The murder body was men, girls, women, boys, senior sinners, preteens, homosexual, heterosexuals, paraplegics, people from all walks of life. This serial killer or killers had no soft spot for anyone. The killings were just downright cruel. Speculation from the many cases before this one is that the killer had a low-grade education, he or she was a loner, and he or she had extraordinarily little knowledge of the world in general. From the profile stats, the killer was described as a white male in his late 20s to early 20s to early 30s, slim and tall. These murders have had, have had the authorities stumped because. Until today, only a few people su- survived, and the eyewitness saw little or no clues that of are of help to the police. Hey, girl, what is up? Tammy replied through her Facebook page. Nothing much. Just getting in from my pedicure I done at Walmart. Did you still want the name of my beautician so you can get your hair dyed red? Yes, Susan replied. I want to have the, a dramatic change for the fall. Okay, I will text it to you, said Tammy. Do you know there is a bunch of weirdos on the internet, including Facebook, Susan said? Facebook is safe and... What, what, what? I can't hear you. Tammy, let me call you later. My son is downstairs calling for me to come in the room. Okay, but you have to upload a pic of the new style that you want, Tammy said. Okay, we'll do, replied Susan. Just then, Tammy received a request from a friend of a friend that she did not know. She figured, what the hell, and accepted this female as her friend. This female's name is Karen, and she attended elementary school with Tammy's brother's friend. The image for Karen's profile was a 1960s refrigerator made by Frigidaire. That was one of the strangest pictures that anyone has seen for a profile. And each time someone would ask Karen the meaning of the refrigerator picture, she would tell them it's because she loved William the refrigerator who played football for the Chicago Bears way back when. Karen asked Tammy if her pedicure was done by Walmart on Brent Bike. Tammy said, yeah, why? Do you want to know? Karen said, just making small conversation. Yes, it was. Done at Walmart. I know. Helen, who works there. And she's my favorite manicurist, Tammy said. Karen did not reply. She just laughed to herself and logged off. 
Tammy sent her ex-boyfriend a direct message and asked him, did he get his new car yet? He did not respond or answer Tammy's email for a very long time because she had already told him about her crazy man that she had been in a love relationship with for over six years. Her man had beat her, shaved her head when she was sleeping, cut the brake line she could, so she could not go to work, and put laxatives in her chocolate mousse cake several times when they went out to eat. He was very jealous when it came to other people talking with Tammy, especially men. The last time Tammy's son, Tammy's on and off boyfriend, saw that her ex and she were conversation with, were holding a conversation with each other, he posted a message from Tammy's account that said, The next motherfucker that talks to Tammy will be sorry the air he did. He spelled mother, M-O-U-T-H-U-R, and fucker, F-U-K-E-R. Tammy's man dropped out of high school <clears throat> in the 8th grade so he could work to support his mother and siblings. His dad lived his life like a male koala, and he would just get the ladies pregnant and move on. Tammy tried for years to break her current relationship off, but he just don't, won't go away. He is 43 years old and Tammy is 27. He is afraid to lose his woman, especially a young woman. Just about everyone in his age knows his past, knows how crazy and used up he is, and they don't want anything to do with him. The only women he can get are women that know nothing of him, not even his name. Tammy sent another message to her ex and asked him the same question. He finally replied, Yes, Tammy. Ugh. Tammy called him a chicken ass under her breath and logged out. Her ex was still online, and he instantly received a friend request from a female, female named Maggie, who was friends with a few people he went to elementary school with. Maggie. Maggie. He was trying to figure out who she was. He could not figure out who she was right offhand, so he clicked on her profile and saw a few of his friends that she was friends with as well. He could not recognize her face because her profile pic was a pic of her when she was one a year old baby. And she did not have any other picture of herself on her page anywhere. He asked a few of his friends about Maggie. Some of his friends remember her and some did not. He did not accept her request. And he continued to talk on with his buddy from work. Tammy decided to go to the YMCA up the street from her house to work off some pizza she had eaten while at Walmart waiting for her pedicure. After she ran on the treadmill for 30 minutes, she swam a few laps in a pool. While Tammy was in the shower, she was thinking of how she could surprise her boyfriend with a romantic dinner by candlelight. She always tried to please him so she would encounter less of his anger. She cut her shower short because she was so excited about the evening she was planning. Tammy fixed spaghetti and dried meatballs for dinner. Her boyfriend came home, but he already ate and told Tammy her food looked like dog food. He was not fazed by his comment because she was used to his negative behavior. After dinner, 
dinner, Tammy put on a long purple polyester gown. It felt like silk to her, and she felt sexy in it. She walked in the bedroom and posed in front of her boyfriend. Get from in front of TV, Barney, he said. He noticed her pedicure and liked it, but he did not tell her he thought her toes looked nice. <clears throat> Instead, when she was sleeping, he purposely spilled polish remover on her toes. He did not want her, but he did not want anybody else to have her. She woke up the next morning, and she did not notice her feet went away, but when she got in the shower, she noticed patches of polish was gone. She did not want to confront her boyfriend because she knew how crazy he was. So she just took the rest of her polish off her toes and went about her day. Stay tuned for the next episode called The Barbershop Axe. Until next time, thank you for joining.